What's good, everybody? We are back to tip off yet another edition of a shot of whiskey podcast brought to you by the good people at New Amendment as a part of Beyond the Big Ten Podcast Network. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcast, and on YouTube at Beyond Big Ten, not spelled out, but the number 10. Also, make sure to follow along on all socials that's Twitter, IG, and TikTok with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten. Again, the number 10 not spelled out. I am former Badger All-American Jordan Taylor, along with my guy, the best four man in school history, 2011 second round pick, and Cusco, the one and only <laughs> John Lure, man. Johnny, what's good with you, man? How we doing this week? That's getting played out. I'm just going to be real with you. That's getting played out. That nickname is passed. Uh, I'm good, man. I'm doing well. Doing well. Life is good down here in Nashville. Uh, how are things? In, how are the London Big Ten Lions doing right now? I saw you guys just won uh, a championship. Was that a midseason championship? Yep, midseason championship. We just won a cup. Sam Decker was the MVP of the BBL. Shout out Sam Decker. You said Big Ten because we have Costa Kufis from Ohio State as well. He also had a double double. Um, it was fun, man. Yeah, it's always fun anytime to win a to win a championship. Um, anytime you get to play for it, Europe has the midseason thing, as, as I'm sure some people have seen that get floated around in the NBA, um, which is kind of, it's kind of a cool event, man. We're up here in Birmingham, and it's a it's a pretty it's a solid arena, maybe like an eight ten thousand seat arena that got sold out uh, just in the middle of, of January. It's a great crowd, great atmosphere, and it was a, it was a nice little fanfare. It's a, a women's and a men's thing, so our women's team won too. So it was cool, man. It's real cool. All right, congratulations. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. But let's jump right into it. Other, uh, unfortunately, we got to jump into dire news this week. The Badgers have dropped three in a row, unfortunately, this week. A tough week for us. Obviously, we were talking a little smack uh, about beating Northwestern and, and taking care of them. That did not happen. Uh, tough uh, tough loss, which I thought was our, our worst played game to Maryland. Excuse me. <clears throat> Coming down a little cold myself. You dealing with, yeah, what's going on? Or you got COVID or what, what's happening? It's COVID. Yeah, I got a little cold, bitch. It said COVID. <laughs> yeah, I got a little cold. It gets me every now and then. I just got to get back to eating the yam, as our friend J.D. Wise would say, uh, you know, and get the, get the immune system back up. But uh, like I was saying before I was rudely interrupted, yeah, lost a, lost a game to, to Maryland, our roughest game of the week. And then uh, dropped another one to Illinois and, and lost the season series to them. So let's jump right into a Northwestern uh, with some of the things, you know, how we do it, the X's and O's segment. And let's jump into the things first that we don't like about the Northwestern game. Well, you mentioned it. The first thing you said uh, was that we, you, and I'm blaming you for that, guaranteed a win versus Northwestern. And I thought we had learned our lesson after I did that against Indiana basically making a proclamation that we would win, guaranteeing it. So we're now 0 for 2 on our guarantees. So we got to stop that. that that's, that's over. There's no more guaranteeing wins. Uh, <laughs> Never. But, guaranteed, my man Chuck <laughs> would say. <laughs> you're the new Charles Barkman now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think, I think Northwestern, they just had more energy than we did. Yeah. Um, you know, they, especially that first half, they came out like looked like they were well well rested after having a week and a half off or however long it was. And man, they were flying around the court. Their bench was live. Uh, and if there's one thing I know about this time of year, January, right? It, it's a it's a tough month. This is a grind month in the Big Ten, and 
the team that shows up with more energy is going to win. That's how it is. Yeah. Talent is kind of out the door this time of year, I feel like. And and credit to Northwestern, they had they had all the energy. And, uh, you know, I know they were probably itching to get back out and play because they had such a long layoff and it showed. Yeah, 100%. And I, I agree with you that it is a grind month. I think it's a grind month. We I think we kind of talked about this. It's a grind month even for fans to a degree. When you have like three Big Ten games in a week, Almost feels a little like NBA. Like it's too many games to watch, honestly. Like in a, in a week, it feels a little NBA ish. And it's like, obviously, you know, every game in the Big Ten counts as we've talked about so much, but it is a grind week. And, and one of those things that comes with the grind, I think, is, is kind of focus and concentration. And the thing I didn't like was the late game execution. Um, I thought they did a good job at one point uh, down. I, I can't remember the exact score right now. It's slipping my mind, but. Uh, Coach Guard and Chuck did a great job of drawing up a, a high pick and roll. Stephen Crowell got a pick. I think they were down three. He got a pick and pop for Stephen Crowell, and he just missed. Um, and, you know, that that happens. But then, you know, the next two possessions, you get a kind of a fallaway jumper in the corner and then a deep three from Chucky um, and then finish with the three from Tyler uh, when the game was kind of over and done with. So, you know, I think those are things that you really have to – that comes with veteran, with veteran leadership. And, you know, it is still a relatively young team. So – um, that's things that they can clean up. And then obviously you don't like the way they shoot the ball. Um, we, the way we shot the ball, 32% from three against Northwestern, 38% from the floor. But like you said, that happened. So, so you live with that. Um, but I did think, you know, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say the, the one other thing too, talking about us missing shots. How about them? Just you got to give them credit, right? Their first yeah. 20 points, I felt like it was boo-booey. And uh, Audige, right? They were just coming off screens, pull-ups, hitting tough pull-up twos. And you know, I mean, our defense is designed to give up that, like basically every defense is in the NBA or in college right now. You want to give up pull-up twos. And credit to them. They were coming off, hit. I mean, we were we were breathing right down their neck, contesting them, and uh, they were making them. So you got to give them credit. I didn't like seeing that, obviously, as a Wisconsin fan. Um but, you know, when your opponent makes tough shots, you got to give them credit. No question. No question. Like, I, I agree again. I think those were some of the things that I did like. I thought, you know, we've talked a lot about guarding guards and how the game has changed or these guards can make those shots in the mid-range and, and in those drop defenses. Um, between the two of them, they're 13-30, which is, I mean, that's solid, right? That's, I don't know exactly what that is, 40-some 40, 40 percent, 47% or something like that. 40% um, for, right? I only took one math class in Madison and I dropped it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was not, math was not my strong suit. Hey, hey, thank God that you made it to the NBA, my boy. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm good. Writing papers, history, English, that stuff, sort of math. I said, oh, this is not for me. <laughs> not them numbers. Them numbers get a little jumbled up there, man. But no, audits, audits 40%, uh, Boo Booey 40, 48% or something like that. So I thought they did do a good job at at least making them you know, somewhat uncomfortable and forcing them into tough shots. And you got to tip your hat to those guys, like you said. Um, some other things that I did like was the – I thought there was a concerted effort effort throughout the week to kind of pick the pace up. Um, I thought we were getting across the timeline at times. Even even in that game against – and I'm getting ahead of myself – against Illinois, there's 16 first-half points. But I thought early in the game, Max Klezman's energy, Tyler's energy to at least push the ball across the timeline was good. It was just one of those things, again, where we just – weren't making shots. And then for me, Jordan Davis uh, was a bright spot in that Northwestern game uh, with his 
I believe, 15, 15 points. And he did a good job at at least trying to keep Chase Audage uh, honest and attacking him throughout the game, getting on the offensive glass and, and being aggressive. And it's something hopefully that they can build on there. Yeah, no, you you stole my my bright spot as well. I thought Jordan Davis was huge that game, and and I love his confidence. You know, he's he's yeah. never afraid to shoot it. You know, yeah. and and because he's a shooter, that's a good thing. And he has, yep. you know, between him and Connor, man, we're we're not afraid to to let it go. And, and he was hot that game, and and gave us a huge lift. And we need him. We need more of that from him, right? Uh, coming down the stretch of this Big Ten schedule, I think he's going to be a crucial piece uh, in the rotation for us. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So let's move on to the Maryland game. Uh, I'll I'll start this one off for you because honestly, this I think this was a tough one to watch for any Badger fan. That's one of the. I'll be I'll be straight up with you. I, I turned that one off. Like I, I turned it off because it was just it was, <laughs> you know, you watched it. It was a it was a frustrating a frustrating performance. Um, but it happens. You know, Maryland's one of those teams where they're really good at home. They're ten and one at home. They spread you out. They got athletes. And everything we were able to do to them in Madison at the Kohl Center, they kind of reversed that and flipped it on its head um, in in College Park. Uh, Keem Hart didn't have a good game in Madison. He's thirteen and eight. Uh, Scott was fourteen and eleven. Reese fourteen and three. And then Jameer Young, who's twenty two eight and five, he had a good game at the Kohl Center. So they really just were clicking on all cylinders. And I think they just kind of out, outclassed us that game. There wasn't wasn't uh, much else to be said. It wasn't a great defensive performance. No, I think the biggest thing for me was that stood out was just the points in the paint. I mean, they were living in the paint. And yeah. as much as any game I've seen this year. Uh, and I think that's always a good indicator for us is when we can contain that primary ball handler and their guards and keep them out of the paint, we're usually in pretty good shape defensively. Um, but they were getting to the paint at will, getting drop-offs. And, you know, I think if we see them again, maybe in the Big Ten tournament, right, I think you just got to make a concerted effort to just pack the paint and make them hit threes. I think they might have hit six threes or so. Everything else was just going to the basket. And, uh, you know, I know that's, a, that's an adjustment the coaching staff will see and make if we uh, match up with them in the Big Ten tournament. 100%. 100%. Obviously, the, we got to pick something we do like from that one. I thought Tyler Wall did a good job. He kind of looked like himself to me for the first time. Uh, not, uh, he just he looked in a better rhythm than he had in, in any game since he'd been back to me personally. Um, and then Connor Asesian, obviously, with his Ooh, career. He was my points. bright spot, too, man. He, that was one more. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was lights out again offensively. Um, you know, obviously we we talk about him at length on this show. We will continue to talk about him. He's a hell of a player. He's he's fun to watch. He's electric. He's the type of guy that I think, you know, a lot of people love to see at the program. And honestly, a lot of programs would love to see anyone like that, you know. So um yeah, great, great for him. Other than that, we're gonna throw that one in the trash, forget about it, not mention it ever again, and pretend like it didn't happen. And move to the move to the Illinois game where we dropped seventy one sixty one, and I'll let you lead this one off with things that you didn't like for this one. Um, what I didn't like, I would just say when we got in foul trouble, we had some foul trouble that game, and I think when we get in foul trouble, we just got to make sure that you know the right guys are getting the right shots. You know, when it's yeah. whoever's in foul trouble, it, you know, we have to have 
If it's Connor and Chucky out there, they got to be the ones taking the shots because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're the best players that are on the floor and everything's got to flow through them. And then, you know, your role players or guys that come off the bench that maybe aren't used to playing those significant minutes, you know, they can get dump offs, they can get easy open looks. Um, But I think that would be my biggest takeaway. If I'm pointing out anything we could, we could look to improve on. For sure. For sure. I think, you know, it seems with Illinois, there's always I, – I was actually really I'm, – I'm, again, going to get ahead of myself. I was really impressed with the way that we that we guarded uh, Terrence Shannon in this game who killed us last game. Absolutely, he absolutely destroyed us last game. So really impressed with that. But it seems that with – Illinois seems to be a tough matchup for us. Uh, those, those forward – this time it was Matthew Mayer, who I think was your kind of – you expected him to have a big game the last time they played, and it ended up being Coleman Hawkins. So – I guess I guess you were right, uh, but just a, a couple of weeks late, and and he went crazy. So it, it's a little alarming for me to see, you know, a, that type of leak. I guess you know you you focus on one thing, and then you know it's like uh, putting a band aid on something. You you focus on one thing, you shut it down, and then something else pops up over here, um, which I think is atypical of of coach guards teams and just Wisconsin basketball in general. So I, I I'm really just gonna chalk that one up to just a mismatch. And sometimes that's just the case. I mean, we've been there before. He's, he's a big um, guard. And, and he's, he's a yeah, tough match. tough. I, I can't believe he's, he's only averaging like 11 a game and he's had to transfer and that because he's good. Like, I guarantee you NBA teams will be considering him uh, just because he's a 6'9 wing that moves pretty well, you know, can create his own shot. Like, he's he's impressive. Yeah, no, he he definitely he definitely is. So it's like it's it's one of those things that we'll you know actually touch on a little bit later in the show, um, where again I think this week with Tyler coming back and I think just everybody getting back in the rhythm, like you said, the grind. It just seemed that we were just kind of outclassed um, the entire week. The one thing that I really need that I really want to see get better is finishing Hass, which has kind of been a problem, particularly against Illinois, Indiana, Illinois twice in Indiana. And then, like I said, with the late game execution against Northwestern, we don't seem to finish Hass very well. Uh, we were up 16-13 against Illinois in the first half, low scoring game, and they close on a 7-0 run. Um, it's those little things that really, especially when, you know, and I, and I think everybody can agree this year for for good reason that this team is somewhat limited in terms of of, of what they can, what the coaching staff can do. Um, when you have a person like Johnny Davis leave, that, that makes a big difference. But you have to be able to do the little things and get good shots and execute and, and be able to close halves. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is we're capable of it because we've shown yeah. it, right? I think one 100%. of the things I really like uh, that I think is a positive from that Illinois game is we were down 10 in the second half. It was kind of the middle of the second half. And all of a sudden, we just had a, a spurt of energy, right? And we talked about playing yeah. with pace in the full court and getting the ball up, but you can also play with pace in the half court. And there was that stretch when Chucky really got it going um, yep. where he was, he was just cutting so hard, moving so hard, playing two man game with Steven Crowell. They were, they were both just flying around the court. Then the other guys were kind of getting in the mix too. And I'm like, man, that's it. That's it right there. So we have it in us to, to, you know, be that good offensively. It's just a matter of, can you, sustain that energy and that yeah. type of movement for the entire game. And, and it's, and it's hard, but, but it's there, it's there. So yeah. I, I really believe we can turn this around. I know we can turn this around. Uh, and I think, you know, getting that type of pace in the half court as well as in the full court will help us out a lot offensively. 
hundred percent. Also, I would say with with the injuries to Tyler Wall and some of the minutes that Carter Gilmore and Marcus Ilver have gotten to see, and as Connor grows as a freshman, Chucky grows as a sophomore, I think that consistency you you think and you hope that consistency is going to come late in February, in March. You know when you need it most, when you need maybe to you know reach onto that eight night guy when there's foul trouble or fatigue or whatever, and they're able to keep up the pace of play because they've been in these games now. And it's something that, you know, obviously they're going to work on and preach like like you just said. So mm-hmm. um, definitely capable. I think, you know, obviously a tough week, but still still very excited about what's to come. Everybody seems to be beating each other up in the Big Ten, too. So I don't think there's there's need for to hit the alarm button or anything like that. Still very much in in the hunt to be in the tournament. Maybe I mean, Purdue seems to be the class of of the Big Ten. So the Big Ten championship may be out of reach. We'll see. You never know what will happen. But um yeah, that. Uh, oh, and the other thing I like, Max getting Max Klesman back, his aggressiveness and his energy. He seemed to have a contagious energy, so that that's another guy who inserting him back into the lineup. Um, we're finally whole again going into into this Ohio State game. Yeah, another great defender, right? He's he might be our best perimeter defender outside of Chucky, and he can you know he can knock down shots. He's looking like he's trying to be more aggressive uh, and assertive. So yeah, he's another piece. Like we talk about him and and, and Jordan Davis, right? Uh, from the Northwestern game, if we can get lifts from those guys, it's going to, you know, allow life to be a lot easier for our stars. Uh, you know, Chucky, Tyler, um, I'd even throw Connor in there now and Steven yep. Crow. Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. So obviously, like we've mentioned a couple of times, tough week, but Badger fans, keep your head up. We are certainly going to, you got to throw our support behind the team right now and, and keep showing up at the Cole center. Cause we do have, Another challenge coming up this week in Ohio State who presents similar challenges to someone like in Illinois, to a team like Maryland. They have athletes. They're going to spread you out. They bring the four-out-one-in style, somewhat of a European flair, European NBA flair. Um, they're going to, you know, Zed, uh, Bryce Sensabaugh is leading them in scoring 18 points a game, five and a half rebounds. Justice Sewing's right there with 13 and four. And then Zed Key, who's another monster down low. Somewhat of a different challenge in in the regard that they're led by forwards, which I think, um, you know, is, is not something that we've seen a ton this year, a team that's led by three forwards. It's generally, be, generally been strong guard play. So it will be interesting to see how we handle that. It will. And you mentioned Bryce Sensabaugh, the uh, super sensational freshman that they have. I actually had the opportunity when I was coaching at a high school in Nashville last year, we played at a tournament against him. Uh, last year and man even as a you know 17 18 year old you just look at him physically and he's he's built different uh and then his game he can score at all three levels right uh he can knock down threes he can get to the rim and dunk on you and and score in the mid-range so uh you know who do you think our matchup will be against him to to contain him will it be Tyler Wall would it be uh Klezman is he too small what what do you see there Man, that's that's honestly that's a, that's a great question. To me, I think you got to go with Max Klesman early on, um, just because of the so, how much size they have. Obviously, Steven's probably going to get Big Steve's going to get uh, the matchup with with Zed Key. Um, I think that you go well. That's tough. He's he's so heavy too. I think you know what I'm I'm wrong. Yeah, I think you got to go with Ty. He, he's a big he's a big kid. So he's just, yeah, I think you got to go with Tyler on on Sensabaugh early. Let me, I'm a his length will bother. 
Yeah, hopefully, yeah, yeah, hopefully his length. And then, you know, hopefully in those situations, you know how it is sometimes when a shot goes up and he's stuck on Tyler, Tyler's going to make him work defensively. So a guy like that, you know, he's right. a freshman, hopefully be able to take advantage of him with uh, with experience. Um, you know, those other times when you have cross matches, the dudes get to kind of rest if, you know, say he's on Jordan, no disrespect to Jordan Davis, but obviously he's not the, the offensive threat that Tyler Wall is. Um, so... I, I actually like that matchup, putting Tyler on him and, and making him kind of work uh, in that regard. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's that's probably the right call. Um, but again, Klesman has, has been really, really good defensively. So I, I look for a tandem, you know, and kind of feel Coach Garvin feel out, you know, who's the best matchup. But I mean, he's their leading scorer. He's, what is he, 17 a game uh, as a freshman, yep. and he's uh, efficient. And, I, you know, he's going to be the focal point on how we have to slow them down. I, I think the biggest thing for us this week sitting at four and six is we're, we're only two games. We're two games out of second place right in the Big Ten, which is, is crazy to think about. Stephen Crow had a very, very, very quiet week, which is understandable if you factor in Max Klesmit being out, factor in Tyler Wall missing games. Him and Chucky have had to carry – a lot of a lot of weight, a lot of weight the past couple of weeks. So, you know, I think like again, back to the point about the grind and all that. Hopefully this week you'll have a whole week off, be able to get your rest, chill out, just practice and kind of recharge. And I think you'll kind of see a different a different Wisconsin team going into this Ohio State game. And to that and to that that's a great point, right? Is that Stephen Crowell and Chucky Hepburn have never experienced this before of having to carry the load during a Big Ten season. So this is all about just growth and development and, and, and maturity as as a player. Uh, it's a great you know building block for them. And, but now that they were fully healthy and we can take some of the load off them, I'm with you. I think they'll be uh, re-energized this week and, and we can get two solid wins. Yeah, yeah. Like and again, the the Maryland game, Chucky took three shots, three points, four assists. Like that, we all know. Everybody knows that's just not Chucky. So I can only attribute that to just a wall, and it, it happens. They're they're kids. It happens to pros. It happens to to uh, the best players in the world. Stephen Bardo had mentioned that he was dealing with something personally too. Uh, I believe it was a loss of a friend. Uh, I'm. I'm Pretty sure that's what it was. Uh, but obviously, you know, that's the other thing, right? You got to take that into consideration. We think that these guys are, are, you know, you know, they're on TV and they're D1 basketball players, but they got lives too. And they got stuff that's always, you know, happening in their personal lives. And, you know, they're not just programmable robots that you can just throw out there uh, and, and have to overcome that type of stuff. You know, you, you've dealt with stuff. I've dealt with stuff that affects your play. Um, but it was I was really glad to see Chucky get it going in the in the last game against Illinois. Um and obviously, you know, whatever it is that that he's going through, uh, you know, we we support him and, and hope he's doing well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Shout out Chucky. Shout out Chucky, man. Let's jump to the word on campus real quick, man. You know, obviously we all know uh it's losing at Wisconsin is is an anomaly and it's it's not an accepted thing. So there has been some chatter. Uh, some renewed chatter, unfortunately, from from fans about, you know, some disappointment with the coaching staff. So obviously we are here as fans, as friends, as as fans of the game, as fans of the program and as friends to talk about that and combat that as well. 
Um, what, what, what are your thoughts, I guess, on some of that chatter surrounding the program? And I, I want to preface that first by saying, in, in my opinion, I believe the hiring of Luke Fickle and, and the crazy the crazy offseason he's having as far as recruiting does not help the situation. But but give me your give me your thoughts on it. Yeah, Jordan, I don't go on Twitter often, but I happen to go on Twitter <laughs> after after the Illinois game for some reason. And reading some of the comments about, you know, the coaching staff, whatever, I'm I'm embarrassed by it. It's like, come on, man. This this, this coaching staff has has won two of the last three Big Ten championships. Coach Guard has been coach of the year two of the last three years. And there's people that would even throw out some of the comments that they say, I, like, just shut up. Just shut up. Like, let them get this right. He's figured it out every time. He will continue to do that and win another Big Ten championship, and those people will be quiet. I I, I agree 100%. At this point, it's, it's disrespectful to Coach Guard. Um as both of us were a part of a team that lost six games in a row uh, in the Big Ten uh, and, and went, to, went to the tournament, went to the second round, had a decent season. Um, I think that Twitter, Twitter wasn't around back then, so it's hard for me to say. It was only message boards like, you know, all the gopher hole, badger, yeah, whatever st- type stuff. So it's hard to say if people were calling for it – didn't, it didn't seem to me like people would ever call for Coach Ryan's job at that point. It went when that was happening and it was at a it was pretty close to similar part of their tenure. Coach Ryan was what, maybe eight, nine years in at the point at this point. Yeah. Coach guard is six years in at this point, uh, similar amount, six, five, six years in similar amount of big 10 championships. I don't know the exact number. So at this point it, it does seem, I agree with you. It's embarrassing. It's, it's a little disrespectful. I also, as a Vikings fan who, cusses out every player and coach every time we lose. I do understand fans' frustration <laughs> with losing. That being said, that a lot of the complaints seem to be about recruiting, as I mentioned with Luke Fickle and his crazy, his amazing recruiting that he's been doing. But I think fans need to take a step back and kind of realize that, as we mentioned before, this team is somewhat limited, but limited for a very good reason. And that is when you lose the a top 10 pick to the NBA <laughs> as a sophomore, it's not easy to replace that. It's damn near impossible to replace that. And no, no programs really replace it. As we've talked about before, when Duke, you know, loses Zion and, and RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish, they're not, and obviously it's, it's different, right? Those are three guys, but they're built to lose one and done's every year. Wisconsin's program has never been built to lose one or two and done guys. So when you put a whole 22 and 10 in your lineup, that is a dramatic thing to try and fill out. And I think that so far they've done a pretty good job. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you mentioned us when we were there, right? We lost six in a row in the big 10. Uh, I just wanted to add to that as well, that the the first final four team, right? 2014, they lost five of six, I think during the big 10. So we've been here before, right? Under coach mm-hmm. Ryan. And, and, and for whatever reason, people weren't calling for his job. Like, uh, like they do sometimes with Coach Guard. And look, it's not the entire fan base. I'm sure it's just the, you know, the, the loud people on Twitter that are hiding behind their keyboard, uh, which is fine. I mean, there's going to be that uh, attached to any professional team, any college team. I guess that's just part of it. Um, I was frustrated when I was reading that just for the reasons that we stated. Uh, and winning is hard. 
right? Winning in the Big Ten is hard. And you're going to have stretches like that. We've had stretches like that in the past. We've gotten better from it. It's a great teaching tool for your players uh, on how to handle adversity. Um, you know, Coach Ryan and Coach Guard are both excellent at using that type of stuff to fuel them, their teams to be better. Uh, and I expect that out of this team with, with Coach Guard. And, uh, you know, he's done it before. He'll do it again. 100%. 100%. I agree. On top of that, I want to add, not only did they lose Johnny Davis, they also lost Lauren Bowman um, to the transfer portal. And I know the coaching staff was high on Lauren as a, as a combo guard. Would have been another playmaker for this team. Obviously brought in Max Klesman, who's been a great addition. But again, just trying. It's a, it's a wild west right now with the transfer portal. So when you lose, again, when you lose someone like Johnny, that that does not make it easy. And then you continue to lose guys and you know, they're, they're doing a good job of, of recruiting, got a great recruiting class coming in next year. So, again, in the in the famous words of our of uh, Wisconsin's second favorite son quarterback, I don't know if he's still in favor in Wisconsin, but Aaron Rodgers, just R-E-L-A-X, just relax a little bit, preach a little patience and, and we'll see what happens, man. It's it's far too early to get out the pitchforks and, you know, just keep stressing patience, man. But. Listen, that is all we got for you today, man. This team is going to keep fighting. We appreciate you sitting and listening in to what we got to say as we got our little soapbox today. But again, we want to make sure that you keep following along for with us for the rest of the season as the Badgers get this thing on track. Follow along on all socials. That's Twitter, IG, and TikTok with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten. The number 10, not spelled out, spelled out. And also at on YouTube at Beyond Big Ten. That is the number not spelled out. I am Jordan Taylor with my guy, John Lure. Make sure you check us out next week as the Badgers take on Ohio State. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.